0: Hello and welcome back. Um, today I'm gonna to have a conversation with my good friend Mark Banaki. Thanks for having me. Uh, some of you will know that Mark has been on the podcast before, episode 54, where we deep dive into your story and how what you do what you do. Um, but today I want to explore a sort of much bigger and alternative perspective over my solo swim to rotnest, which I did earlier this year, because you played a very key part in that. Small part, Small part. Hmm. Yeah, I was saying, and I just want to explore that because I think there's something there, particularly for other people who are considering swimming to rotnest, whether they've done it before, like I had, or doing it for the first time, or they're interested in any sort of large endurance, you know, single pattern, repetitive based, Exercise or which any you.
1: really, physical. True, <otherwise> as well.
0: True. Um, but first off, um, you know, Mark, we're sitting here at Modus. Um, you know, the first thing people realize when they walk through the door is there's a big space. It's not like a gym where there's full of equipment. There's a big space here, there's bars, there's, there's weights on the, on the side here, uh, on the wall there. Every day is spine day. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about MODIS and what we actually do here?
1: Well, we, we try to educate people about their bodies and use this concept of movement, which can be hard to explain to do so. Uh, there's, there's some thoughts from researchers out there that the main reason our brain is so large is because we are the best at developing complex and novel movement patterns. Mm -hmm. Our, our, our youth period, where we are dependent on a parent is so long because we don't just come out ready to take care of ourselves, because we have this ability to adapt to whatever happens. And yet most people treat their body and their lives just as this thing you have to deal with so that you, as a quality of life thing, rather than something to explore and to allow you to do so much more than you otherwise would. Hmm. So we like to use this space, our open space as you acknowledge, that's very modular so we can adjust it. And we dive into a bunch of different topics Movement subjects projects yep. uh, where we can look at how do you work, how does our bo- how do our bodies work, um, and at the same time take care of uh, strength and mobility and injuries and all the things that make us feel good and allow us to do all of these projects.
0: Yeah, and the projects sort of typically last four to six weeks, don't they? Yeah, sometimes we go a bit longer. We've yeah. had some longer ones, but I think the most interesting thing about the projects is you. you you start them as a complete novice and beginner and particularly as an adult you start off and you know you can have these real what i call move tard moments where you're melting down because you can't quite make your hand or your leg do the thing that you watch everybody else do but you layer it and layer it and then just as you get to this point of proficiency then it's time usually to move on and we do come back to those projects but that will probably be in another 12 18 months time
1: Yes, and there's, there's two
0: things there, I think, that are important. One is this discomfort
1: with being unable to do the task or learning it for the first time. Adults are really uncomfortable with this, and I often find people uh, will be turned away from something just because they want to be good right away, and if they're not good, their ego can't handle it. Yeah. But one thing that was... Um, told to me early on it makes a lot of sense is if you're trying to get more coordinated, you must go through the process of feeling uncoordinated. If you're trying to get stronger, you must go through the process of feeling weak when the weights way too heavy for yeah. you or whatever it is. And same with mobility or stretching. If you're trying to get more mobile, you're going to feel immobile as you do your stretches or whatever else you are doing. Yeah. So you have to be comfortable not knowing the thing. If you want to get good at the thing, obvious when we say it, yet a lot of people have a yeah. problem with that. And I think it's important like you said the projects come back around, right? Yeah. then this allows for this idea of getting a feeler on one subject and then looking to another. And over months and years, you start to see the connecting points between all of them. And then that original project comes back along and it, you get some improvement from it, even though you haven't touched it in a long time. And yes, because like cool you've been through the
0: other projects. Yes. And then it's come back around again. Super. So I think it's probably worth uh, at this point in the conversation placing me as well. OK. <clears throat> so. Um, so, I'm current, you know, I, I swam my second solo to Rottnest, uh, earlier this year, 2022, I'm 47. Um, I had swam another one previously back in 2016 when I was 42. At that point, everything was about swimming. It, since I emigrated to WA in 2010, it was all about swimming to that island and I'd done a number of teams and I'd done a number of duos and then 2016 came the time to do it. And I like many of the people that I see around me now and, and then it was, it was swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming, you know, if you wanna get faster, you swim more. You wanna get stronger, you swim more. And it was, you know, and on the surface that makes sense. Um, yes, I was going and doing some stretching. Yes, I was going to the gym and doing what I thought was useful but it was all swimming and swimming and swimming. And so what happened was after I achieved swimming to the island in 2016 and you know got the fleece and the number plate and all, all the great stuff, afterwards I started to feel almost like this disintegration within my own body. I felt quite trapped in it. Um, I did another duo with my fiance the next year, 2017, and I was in so much pain after that. Um, I think mentally and emotionally, I started to collapse in as well. And so, yeah, it was, I think if I'm brutally honest, whilst the achievement was awesome, the whole experience, particularly by the time I got to the end of 2019 was net negative for me, I felt, Um, I felt like an old man and I felt pretty battered and I felt like these great I'd done this great stuff but it had taken such a toll and then um, January 2018 I came here and did my did the introductory fortnight and I remember coming from the beach I'd had a bit of a swim with friends um, down down the ocean and came in swam in the morning came here at lunchtime and I'd gone from a very safe domain where I knew, you know, safe from my ego point of view, I knew what I was doing, you know, I was a reasonable swimmer in my, in my pack of friends and, you know, I felt good about myself. And then I came here, oh, and I was down here somewhere and (laughs) felt useless, felt like an old man. Um, But there was something that happened in the car when I drove home, which was, I just had this insight that, that, if i continue to come to this space and do this stuff um that 75 year old brin was really going to thank 42 year old brin to keep keep coming back and and so it did and so you know 2018 and 19 i was here very regularly um swimming started to drop off and i knew that there was something in here i had to go back to and i think we'll probably talk about the water flowing through the pipe later I was all <laughs> yeah. pipe at that point and then I got rid of the pipe and it was all water and that will make more sense later uh, and then 2020 I had a lot of fatigue and there was COVID and stuff but then something happened um towards the end of 2020 I started to regain some strength and I went down to the start line to see some friends go and swim to Rotness. and I'd been there a couple of times and I'd had no FOMO whatsoever and then walking back to the car with Lucy. Lucy said to me, she she was supposed to have swam that year but she had a shoulder problem and so didn't. And she said, oh, I have no FOMO at all about watching friends go off on the line on their swim this morning. What about you? And I just stood there and went, oh, oh. And there was something there. And then three weeks later I went to watch the Port to Pub, watch everybody come across the line. And that feeling was just not going anywhere. And so it was really interesting that I caught the feeling to want to do it, there was something there. And then the next big thing I did was pretty much within two weeks of that port to pub, as I came to talk to you, and I think my words were pretty much, I think, I've, I, think I may well be swimming to Rotnest next year. Um, I should be 47. I would need to make a decision full on proper around about September, October time, because that's when you put your money in to enter. Although, I think in all fairness, the fact I was having that conversation meant I'd already decided, um, but I recognized all the things that I'd learned, the, the variety and the different movement patterns and, there was, and, and you know, just increasing the integrity of my body that I knew that it was important to speak to you and my, my challenge was, what do we need to do so that I come out of this net positive, not net negative? So, I guess my first question for you is what was your th- thought process when I turned up and asked you that?
1: <laughs> Honestly, my thought process was cool. Yeah. Here's a project we can do. Yes. Uh, my immediate question at the time, and something I think you can uh, elucidate a bit further right now, is what was your goal in that? Because the goal was not to swim to Rotnest. No. Even though that was the task, the achievement, the, the final, whatever you want to call it. Mm but there was something larger than swimming to the island that you were going for. And that was, I think, my, my follow-up yeah. question. What role did you see for me, was my immediate first thought. I'm, I'm not someone who gets overly dramatic or anything, so for me it was just, great, let's do it. Like, yeah. well, how can I help, what are you looking for, and what role can I serve for you in this, in this little journey?
0: Yeah, I think, I think what, at that point, point. Um, when you, when you commit to swim a solo to Rottnest, um, I've said this before, there's this wonderful, brutal honesty about it in that you know that in the last weekend in February, if you swim in the Channel Swim or later in March, if you swim in the Port-to-Pub Swim, um, that you have committed to swim to an island 20 kilometres across the ocean. You know that you're going to have to stand on the beach, whether it's a Cotterslow or Leighton. look at that island, you have no idea what the ocean conditions are going to be like on that day. And there's so many unknown variables, Um, but at the same time, there's so much you need to do. Um, You know what is required, and you have to do everything that is required so that you can give yourself the best chance. So there's this real brutal honesty that we don't, those sort of, I'm gonna use the word container, and I think we're gonna use this a lot, those sort of containers seldom exist in in, in our everyday life at the moment because we can commit to doing something but then sort of, you know, I mean, people might get annoyed with me, you know, if you commit to run a marathon, you know that the tarmac's going to be hard, right? And there might be a bit of wind, there might be a bit of rain, that's fine. But if you're going to swim 20 kilometres in the ocean, you don't know what the conditions are doing and uh, as we found out. So there was something as you rightfully said there was something around that the achievement factor wasn't there the challenge and the curiosity was there and i think for me it was committing to putting creating this container where i knew that i had to do all things required and then combining that with when you come in here and you do class you, you end up being put in positions where you have to do all things required, and th- there is no hiding places in in class, and there is there is no hiding places from your own body as well. If you have spent thirty years of your life, you know, sort of not using your abdominals as much as you could do, and you've worked out patterns to overcome that, <clears throat> you can guarantee you come here. you're you're going to end up having to do an exercise and that weakness will be exposed. That pattern that you've neglected in your body will will be exposed and so you have to go there because that, like we've said, it will be part of a project that will keep coming around and coming around and coming around. So the two married together really, really well. And, um, you know, there's the brutal honesty of, you, you, you know, you will be found out if you've not done the work. But also being in a space that 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 meant that you you could you were facilitated to go into the places that were weak in in in, in your body. And then that coupled together with the fact that I recognized the previous example had been net negative. I wanted to come out of this net positive. Yeah.
1: Meaning So from your previous example where you came out of it feeling old, yes, you now have an opportunity, wait a minute, is there a way I can still do this large achievement and come out of it not feeling broken down mm. and realize that I, I still can take on new projects and do hard things with my body because I'm not old?
0: Mm. Exactly, exactly. And I think right from the start when you challenged me to work out what the sort of flow of the training was going to be around, we broke it down into four phases. The first phase was very much like, in that sw- swimming was present but it wasn't intense but there was a lot of work on probably foundational stuff um, and then the second phase leading probably from September October up to Christmas there was a, a lot of intensity there um, it, in the swimming I was starting to develop my engine and, and stuff and we were mimicking that with stuff we're doing here but then from Christmas to the event which is the third event the third phase was was the longer phase of doing longer and longer and longer swims and getting used to that, but then we had the most. I think it was the most important phase was phase four, which was three months after the swim, and I think what I recognised from the the 2016 experience was looking back was that I had over-specialised in one particular pattern of movement, and that my That it wasn't giving all my body everything it needed and i recognized that i was going to have to specialize again but i needed to have this period of almost de-specializing
1: well this is this is basic exercise science and programming stuff and that's where my degree is in is exercise science um it's the off seasons when you get stronger if you are an athlete you have the on season whatever the sport is you're just performing your goal isn't to get stronger in other things of course not then off season comes around and that's the time to push yourself and push intensity, blah, 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 and all of those types of things. So we just kind of followed a similar pattern, but I like to look at it from a slightly larger perspective mm. in that you were not looking just to swim to rotnest and be the fastest possible swimmer you ever could. Mm. And I think this is where a lot of people uh, get a bit mixed up. We, we look to the professionals and then try to do a, a lesser version for some people. Some people try to push themselves as much of a professional, yeah. which is ridiculous. Um, And we just repeat the same thing for ourselves, but most people don't like to acknowledge that I am trying to do this big task, in your case, swimming, and yet this is not pay my bills, this is not all that I am, and I have to be honest with that. So if you are trying to break records and this is truly the thing you love and it's the only thing you want to keep going, 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 you have to understand that a cost comes with that and that cost is going to take away from your body and other things because you're just repeating one pattern over and over and over again. But if this is not your identity, if this is not your livelihood, and you want to be someone who can also take on other physical tasks and learn other things, then you have to look from a slightly different perspective of, yes, I'm going to be a swimmer at this time, but I have an identity outside of being a swimmer. And we can talk, that can go many different directions. but. Yes. I'm, for now, a physical identity. I am a swimmer. I am a crossfitter. I am a dancer. But you can learn a lot of these different things. And for most people who are recreationally moving their body, I think it's it's a wise idea to explore these other things and learn what you really are able to learn, rather than only doing one thing and uh, getting stuck in that, because that's going to hurt your body and get you very limited in your outlook as to what you can do physically.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I think. That's how, that was probably how I approached this second solo in that here's the things that make me want to um, mean that I have to do stuff. But at the same time, I was including so many other things, components of where else can this go? So, um, so if we go back to the sort of the question I asked earlier on, So, you looked at it and thought, oh great, a project, something a bit new. So, where did that take you?
1: Um, Again, more questions for you, because I think I did say, I want you to go think about this, I want you to think about this, 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 because once I had a picture of what your swimming plan was going to be, and I believe you talked to, was it? Paul Paul Newsom? yeah. yeah. Um, he kind of helps you with that programming side of things, then I can still fit in as much as we can to help. And I gave you my opinion on certain things as well with this overall programming view. Once again, I know a year out from the event, that's the time where it's like, okay, now we're gonna, I'm gonna suggest you do more movement classes and make your your physical activity less about swimming. And then the closer we get to the event, we make it more about just swimming. Yes. And, But this was a realization I think you had to plan. I couldn't tell you this is how we're doing it. One, because I am not a high-level swimmer and I am not experienced in programming for swimming specifically, so that is not my role. So the first thing was for you and whoever you're working with on that side of things to make a plan and then I can fit in the rest. And then depending on your initial plan, I thought, okay, I can maybe give some opinions and feedback of, hmm, maybe we do a bit less here or a bit more of this here. And um, just because I do have a bit of background in general training stuff as well, um, that I could bring yeah. a bit more of a uh, movement perspective as much as possible and as much as appropriate mm. into this, this whole task. So that was my, my follow-up, was put it back on you to get a bit more information so that then I can help you as best as possible.
0: Mm. And you're right, and from that, then you started to give me some daily things to look at, um, which took no more than sort of 10, 12 minutes, but were consistent every day, or well, probably six days out of seven a week. Uh, and yeah, you're right, there was, there was the movement class where you know, that was more predominant to start with, and then they sort of met each other with swimming, and then swimming became more, and then in those last couple of months, it, coming to class was too much, mm. but interestingly, by the time i had swam to Rottnest, my body was like, okay, we, we, we need other stuff to do now.
1: I'd like to say one thing there, as you said, close to the event, coming to class was too much. Yeah. And the problem isn't that movement was too much, it's that class is not about Bryn. No. And because I'm doing class for everyone who's a part of our community, yes. sometimes it just wasn't appropriate for you no. in your goal at that time. Whereas you still had your own list of things to do. Yeah. To take care of you and your body with a more movement perspective um, leading up to it. And mm. just, you're not in control of class, so it wasn't the appropriate thing at the time.
0: Exactly, exactly. But certainly, those last couple of weeks, my body was almost screaming out for, right, we want to do something, else.
1: Just a bit longer, a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, can we,
0: can we play on the floor? Can we do hang from, you know, so yeah. So, um, Yeah, if we, I mean, just I suppose, you know, my body is my body. Um, but given the fact that I've got this background in single base monotonous sports, were there some particular things that you focused on?
1: Um, of course, shoulders and spine was going to be a huge one. Yeah. Um, your, your action that you would do over and over requires a certain amount of overhead range of motion and a certain amount of rotation through the spine and a few other pieces, of course, but those are the main two, and I'm sure you can relate that you have a lot of people that you know who swim and in the swimming community who have shoulder problems. And, yeah. and the shoulder and spine are so closely interrelated in how you use them that this is the first thing we need to address is that if you are now going to do how many hundreds of thousands of reps over the next year of the exact same action, give or take, Yeah you need to have a lot of availability of that space and range of motion in your body so that you don't have a problem. If your range of motion's here, and every time you're trying to crank into that, it's, it's driving your car with the brakes on. It's just not yeah. going to work well. So first thing we had to do is, is address those, right? At the, at the other side of it was looking at if you are going to be swimming all this time, what things are being underdeveloped during that time? Right? You're, you're generally not using your legs through their full range of motion. So things like squats were very important uh, yeah. to develop in that early stage of training. It's again, not in the later stage of training. And one thing um, people often aren't realizing that your body is getting better at everything you do. You are getting better at sitting in that posture right now. Yeah. However, if you do it for small enough of an input, it doesn't stick around. But our body is looking and brain in particular is looking for the most efficient energy uh, being most efficient with their energy as possible. So it's, if you're not using a pattern, it's just gonna be like, let's get rid of that. Yeah. And we know that from muscle, if you don't train it, it's gonna get smaller or weaker or whatever, but every part of our body is like this. If you're, if you're not using it in some capacity, mm. let's get rid of that, because clearly the demands of the environment do not require that of you, so why would we maintain that ability? It's inefficient from our energy standpoint, let's put it towards these other things. So the early stages, what things do you need to help you swim well yeah. And what are the things that are gonna be neglected in that focused period of swimming? And we're gonna double down on those and just leave everything else open from there. Keep doing movement classes where it's a bit whatever it is, yeah. and then just start putting some of those pieces in place, looking ahead to when it's swim time.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And I think as I started to go through that, um, there are a couple of things that started to occur. One was um, I was enjoying my swimming But I was enjoying it because there was almost this yin and yang during the week of the variety of movement patterns in class and the monotony of swimming, uh, you know, in the pool or or sometimes in the ocean. So there was this lovely yin and yang up until about Christmas, and then you know it was the shooting. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do, and that was amazing for its own right. But I think one of the interesting things was doing doing the lots of little things. And it was one of those where, you know, you do it, you do it, you do it, you do it. But then little things started to turn up, you know, we, we spend a lot of time here looking at handstands and all of a sudden I'm able to hold a decent handstand position and then stay up there for a few more seconds than I would normally. And it's like, oh, hello. And so there was all these little spin-offs to other area, which had a net effect of me starting to develop a great sense of confidence in the integrity of my body and I use the word integrity because it's the um, the wholeness of it and that all of it is coming together and um, Yeah, I felt I felt like I was dealing with all the small bits as well as all the large bits and that they were all starting to come together so that if so that if I started to notice there was a little pinch in my shoulder, I could speak to Paul and say, what's that? And he'd say, oh, you're doing this. And I wasn't so stuck in a pattern that I couldn't even at that point just go, okay, well, I'll just move the hand there a bit or just do a bit more of this rather than that.
1: Because you had the, the let's discover and enjoy a process mindset rather than I have to swim mindset. Yes. The swimming wasn't the thing. It was, oh, what else can we, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's, so it just changed your orientation rather than, damn, I hurt my shoulder again, this is going to affect blah, 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 blah. blah. So, yeah. No, Ooh, there's something here to unpack and it creates an uh, excited um, lens to look at it rather than a uh, lens, which I think a lot of people go through. And I regularly tell people this. It's like you're doing something, your shoulder doesn't have any problems, but then you're doing something and you find a bit of pain in your shoulder. Or maybe you're someone, my shoulders. Uh, it's most of the time fine, but I don't really know, it's not always perfect. You find an action that's, that's really weak, and a lot of people get upset. I think this is a great time, because like, hey, you found something you can work on that's going to help you. Just like if you're going to the doctor and you don't feel well, people always want to get really good blood test results or something like that. Yeah. If you don't feel well, why do you want good test results? Because then you're still at a yeah. place where you don't know where to look. I would want to get bad test results, because then the doctor can tell me, hey, this is something we need to ad- address. And if I'm not feeling good, then hey, great, I've got a, at least the first step, something I can latch onto that's going to help me go in the right direction. Yes. Whereas we, we think of it as a separate thing, like, oh, I want to have good results, but you feel like crap. Yeah, but if my results are good, then that means something's right, but it's not going to help you address this thing. Yes. Right? So it, it changes the lens a little bit yes. of being excited about the bad stuff.
0: And that is part of what I was talking about, of recognizing what is required and then doing what is required. Yeah. Uh, and then being curious about that. I think also that um, increasing confidence in, and it was really interesting. It wasn't confidence in, oh wow, look how far I could swim. It was, it became more of look at how, for me, it was look at how my body can meet the challenge day in, day out of whatever I'm doing, which actually stood me in very, very good stead for this year. You know, I had. Um, a number of hiccups in training, particularly around longer ocean swims, that meant that when I was supposed to go and do a, like a 12, 13, 14 kilometer swim in the ocean on, a, I think once it was supposed to be a Saturday when it was quite a calm day, and it got bumped to the Sunday, it was a nightmare. And it was messy and sloppy. But it was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Because the day could be like this. And in actual fact, the day was like that. And so, more and more as i started to get into the little nooks and crannies and and then use that get curious feel really good not feeling broken enjoying the process also being curious you know like first thing in the morning get out of bed move and go oh there's a bit of an ache there i'll i'll get into that that's an interesting indicator i'll i'll keep an eye on that and get into that you know it, it's this constant dynamic process which life is Life is a constantly dynamic process. What's going on internally is trying to meet what's going on externally, and the two are looping together. And it just meant that I could meet the demands of the process, whether it was the pool, but then what got more exciting for me was the ocean and the conditions. You know, it was quite a currenty summer, so there was a lot of swimming into currents down at the beach at Port and Leighton, and then there were a lot of days that were quite sloppy, and then the day itself ended up being super sloppy.
1: Yeah, we got to be prepared for whatever it is, right? Yeah. People, I I think just mindsets are are massive and people approach a lot of things incorrectly, Mm. right? Because we we come at it from this viewpoint of I want the thing to be done. And we're all guilty of this at some point
0: in life. Oh yeah, the mind lights completed tasks.
1: Good, I've done it. So now I can tell people I've done it and I can rest. But what's next? And you see this with a lot of people, right? They they set themselves a goal like this swim. And you say, why do you want to swim to rotnest? And the, question, the answer might be, oh, I'm getting a little bit heavier. So I need a goal to get myself to train. Yeah. Or a martial arts competition or a bodybuilding yeah. competition. You do this task because it's what prevents you from being lazy. Rather than having a practice, or however you want to frame it, that is an ongoing thing that is constantly developing. And I think this is part of what you discovered very much this year. Yeah, It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much learning from this swim to, ro- oh yeah, and I, I swam to the island, that was cool, but I learned yeah. so much. And it's like, what else can I do that gives me this ongoing learning and discovery process and idea and yeah. outlook?
0: And that's exactly what I came, that was the net positive that I came out with, was I started off with this container of a swim which you know created this fantastic, brutal, honest challenge that I had to meet, but this time around, in the process, I developed a, another container that was even bigger, and that contains the swim, and so the swim was part of what I am doing, and then there will be other things that come about. But that overall interest in the integrity of my body, and how it moves and building the confidence in that and being curious and then seeing what you know not everybody you know like not, not not everybody but like swimming 20 kilometers to an island is a massive thing you know sometimes we forget that when we hang out or, or doing an iron man when we hang out with other swimmers and iron men triathletes and things like that you you tend to focus on the one percent of the one percent as i call it mm. but you know it's we do these amazing things but then there are other things that we can get equally as curious about and, and yeah.
1: And you won't necessarily lose things in, entirely as well. You touched on something earlier, you mentioned how after your swim, your handstand was much more open. Yeah. Was it because you swam a bunch that your handstand is more open? No, it's because in, in your approach to it, you took care of your shoulders and wanted more older, open shoulders for the swim. And oh, hey, now my handstand's easier. And this is the idea of lateral development. Yes. You're getting good at the things you don't work at. Yes. So you can take time off of something. Because sometimes people get uncomfortable with this with our projects. Because, oh, but I want to keep working on that and get better. It will come back. What rush are you in? And if you really enjoy it, absolutely. Keep working on it. No problems there. Yeah. But we're going to do things that indirectly help you. You Yeah. I've had some people in the past who had really closed shoulders and it was giving them lots of problems with things they wanted to do, including handstands. They were also someone who loved pulling strength. And I made a suggestion at some point, hey, maybe take three months off pulling because actually it's going to help open up the shoulders. And then you can get back into pulling once you have a bit more mm. range. And it'll be an experiment. We'll see what happens and how your body responds to it. And they were unable to, uh, to put aside their addiction to the pulling strength movements yeah. for a period of time. And that, that's, you know, I, I'd never want to judge people for their choices and what they want to do because if they really, that brings up a lot of joy, great. But it's, a, it's an outlook that I don't personally understand. Um, so that's why I just like to present these other ideas to people is you can take time off of your thing. Once mm. again, especially if you're not a professional. Yeah. These other things are going to help you. And if you look at the professionals, what do they often do in the off season? You get the MMA guys and there's videos of them playing basketball uh, just because it's something different and it breaks them out of their patterns. Also, it's a bit of fun. It's, it's something to hmm. change up. Um, here you see plenty of stories that, that don't make sense. I think they're... Oh, I should know the name. There was some Australian who was a high-level swimmer and then went to be a singer or an actor and then only recently has come back to swimming and is doing very well. I should know the name. Apparently, they're famous. I don't keep up with these things too much. Someone was telling me about this the other day. And their observation, there's a documentary maybe about them. Their observation is, I'm doing very well because I'm not broken. Whereas these kids who have been swimming since age six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and never stopped, they're all broken. Mm. And if you think a kid's broken, what do you think your, your older body is going to do? Yes. And I'm, I'm a big believer. It's a line from Ido, who, of course, we've studied with for many years. Aging is something you have to acknowledge. We can't get around aging, but yep. your age should be disregarded the number means nothing. Yes, We all know 50-year-olds who move like they're 80 and 50-year-olds who move like they're 25. And we know 25-year-olds who move like, and so on and so forth. So, understanding it's okay, I can take time away from my addictions, and it's probably gonna be good for me, to go learn something new, and it's probably gonna actually help you in that thing you love to do Mm. as well, right? Which is the process, really, in a nutshell, that was the process you went through. It was. You had to throw away swimming for a while to discover more, Take care of your body so that you could love swimming again so that yes. it's not putting you in pain
0: yeah and the nice thing now is is that you know even within a couple of weeks i was still swimming but instead of 28 30 kilometers a week it was back down to 10 or 12 which i've pretty much kept up and i love every session that i go to i now you know i'm back at class three three or four times a week um, i'm doing other bits and bobs as well And now I just have this nice rounded um, practice at the moment, but I'm fully cognizant that at any given point, I might catch the feeling to do something Mm. else. And until that catch of feeling occurs, there are, you know, there are things to look at for me, there's the hips and and, and things like that for me to really get into, Um, and that might so so,
1: what, so this is something I find people often run into, and this goes back to what I mentioned before about the people who need that competition or that task or that race mm. as something to look forward forward to or to, for some people, just prevent them from being lazy because they know if they don't show up to training, then they're not going to perform well in the day and so on and so forth. So what's keeping you in this place of, hey, I still want to keep showing up to class and my swims and taking care of my body in a day-to-day, and one part of it is simply the habit, of course. But there's a very positive outlook to it and it's not becoming a chore and why do you think this is
0: Um, so i took quite detailed sort of reflective notes through the journey um, this time around which haven't stopped Um, one of the things i noted in the previous swim and whenever i've undertaken some sort of Endurance challenge or something like I've run marathons back in England and stuff like that And and I noticed it as well in friends around when they commit to doing things all of a sudden they take They take things like their nutrition their food their stretching their Their general well-being they take it very seriously Within that container because they know they have to to get to that place What I started to think was Why do I need this thing, external thing, to to be the priority that drives me to have to do these things like go to sleep well, you know, go to sleep at the time I need to and and stretch and and eat well and and so on? Because you're demonstrating to yourself that in that limited space, in that limited container, that it it reaps benefits and you, you feel really good. And why should that not be how you are all the time? And so, what I was very keen to do, what, what, no, what I focused on was the fact that I'd built a sense of momentum in a practice, and that the practice then became bigger than the achievement of swimming to the island, and then the practice has just continued um, with those priorities. And I guess part of it is taking me, my physicality and my life seriously. Um, and, and prioritizing that. And once, once I've done that, then it becomes easy for me to go, no, I'm gonna I'm going to go, to, to go to class three times a week. I'm gonna make sure I get good sleep. I'm gonna make sure I go swimming. I'm still going to do those stretches before I go to swimming. I still do, the, I still get up and, and do the same 20, 22 minute stretch routine before swims now I did during the solo why because then when i get to go whether it's down at claremont Fremantle, or down in the in the ocean i know that when i turn up i'm just gonna have the best swim and it's not going to be an untidy first kilometer i mean i take a while to warm up but it's not going to be that really oh fucking hell that i that i would get if i didn't do this and that's because i'm just prioritizing and taking this stuff seriously now
1: suggestion or consideration for you now you're doing the exact same routine every time Yes. Why has that routine not changed? Your body certainly has in the time. Now, yeah. there's a few caveats to this, of course. Yeah. One is, in a way, you are doing the priming thing, the triggers, yes. if you know about that. Um, it's been written about many times in different books. And you're setting yourself up for a mental space, and that's a thing on its own right. Yes. One of the things they talk about is shortening that process. Yes. So can you shorten that process mm. so there's a single uh, exercise or drill or warm-up or m- whatever it is that gets you ready for the swim. So you don't need that 20-minute routine, which mm. will then allow you to change what you're doing for that 20-minute routine. And it's only the last thing that n- never changes, because that primes you for your swim. But that might be something to explore, because if you're just doing the same thing mm. over over again, isn't, that wasn't that one of your
0: issues with swimming, yes. that it's
1: the same pattern over and over mm. again. And now you're repeating that with your warm-up.
0: <laughs> there we go. I'll tighten that out of this. I think one of the other parts of it as well is, and you talk about this a lot, and what I'm about to say is the most obvious, but it's the most overlooked, yet it is the most powerful thing, which is we are always in our body. Yeah. And I think that was the massive penny drop that because previously in 2016, it would be, right, swim time now, because I'm doing the solo do 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 do. And yes, I might do a little bit of stretches later in the day, but then, but then I would be switched off and I'd be on other things because I'd be swimming and then possibly later in the day, doing a few, a few little bits and bobs in the daily routine. And then in the evening, I'd be coming to class or this or that. And then I think I just was present more in my body all day and probably while I was sleeping as well. And you've talked about this before, that we're always in our body, whether, whether, we th- whether we go, right, I've gone to the gym, I've done my thing for my body now, now I'm off to work and now I'm not in my body and I'm somewhere else. Yeah, whether TV, work,
1: yes. other people,
0: yeah, anything. But it doesn't matter where you think you might go, you are always here.
1: Yes, it's the compartmentalization problem, right? It's like, now I go to work. Now I'm with my family. Now I'm doing my physical exercise or whatever it is. And now I'm doing the stuff I don't want to do, but I have to do. And then it's it's all should be blended together as much as possible, right? You're in the body the whole time. So if you only take Hmm. care of it for 30 minutes a day or one hour, a few times a week, it's like, what about all that other time? You know, that idea of your body's getting good at what you want it to get good at. The nice thing is some of these inputs are very powerful so we don't need that much time, but you're still removing this idea of self from this thing that comes with yourself, which is a huge philosophical conversation that we don't necessarily need to get into. But on the surface layer alone, Treat yourself as I have to take care of my body in some capacity almost all the time and find little things I can do to break my habits, whether my habit is only doing the swimming Mm. pattern all the time or I only sit a certain way or whatever it is. I sit with good posture. Yeah, but you're only holding that one position. That's gonna be a problem. Yes. If you're standing all the time, sit. If you're sitting all the time, stand. If you're doing both of those only, squat. If you're doing those three regularly, start laying down sometimes, you know, move mm. around. Look at kids reading a book. It's not an activity of stillness, Yes. right? Unless they're copying you and then they slouch into the couch and do it. If they're just doing it of their <laughs> own accord, then they're on the floor, kicking their legs, moving around, it is naturally, you know, they have this energy.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So I think this has been a very valuable conversation, um, particularly I mean, I would hope that someone who is considering doing something of the ilk of swim to Rotnest or an Ironman triathlon or something like that, this would give them a slightly bigger, more expansive and inclusive perspective to look upon. Questioning
1: perspective, right? Question what you're doing, yes.
0: Indeed. Is there, um, as we close this conversation up, is there anything you would like to add into it?
1: I suppose what I just said, question what you're doing, ask yourself why you're doing it, um, and try to look for any pattern or habit you have, physically or otherwise, that you might break. Because then only once you've challenged that habit or thought or belief or whatever it is, only then, Can you actually double down on it if you truly believe it? You know, we had our nutrition talk recently. I gave this talk or it was a discussion on nutrition from a standpoint of, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I want you to challenge your dogmas. You're a vegetarian. Why? Double down, educate even further. Don't assume. And this is the same with your training. Yeah. Why am I doing this training? Is it the best thing that's serving the needs that I'm looking for? Yeah. And if not, Great, because then you can make it better. You can make your physicality better. If it is, great. You're already in the right place and now you have even more reason and uh, belief behind what you're doing. So question what you're doing.
0: Superb. Mark, thank you very much for your time.
1: Yeah, thanks for the chat.